We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We had Andy Milton fan. What's up, Nathan? Super chat. Thank you so much. Which players have had the most success transferring from Notre Dame and to Notre Dame? Is there still hope for Braylon James? Of course, there's still hope for Braylon James. Still hope. As far as turning into a good football player, is that, is that what you're saying there, Nathan? Because, yeah, I, could, I think Braylon James is going to be a good football player wherever he ends up. If it, It'll be the same thing as Notre Dame. If he's willing to put in the work and have the right attitude, Braylon will be just fine. And that's true for all kids. That's not a shot at Braylon as saying he's not those things. It's just that's just the reality of it. Uh, best guys to transfer to. I mean, just the last ten years. I mean, Cody Riggs had a really nice year at Notre Dame. Alohi Gilman was a, Gilman, a great yeah. transfer pickup. Yep. Um, Nick McLeod was a. I mean, great. Not that he was a great player. He was a good player, but it was a great pickup. Stabilized about what yeah. they would have had if he didn't come uh, to Notre Dame for 2020. You know, that was a really good pickup. I'm just trying to think of some other guys. Obviously, this year you had Javante Jean-Baptiste. You had yep. Sam Hartman. You had Thomas Harper. Um, Jack Cohn was a very good transfer pickup in 2019 or 2021. So that, that was another really good transfer pickup. That worked out really well for Notre Dame. I'm trying – Amir Carlisle was a really good transfer pickup for Notre Dame. You know, he started his career at USC, uh, which, which you know, sometimes I forget that Amir started at USC, but he was on, I think he yep. was only there a year. Yeah. Because he's such a he's such a Notre Dame guy. That you kind of forget he didn't start at Notre Dame, you know, know what I mean? Literally, um, yeah. But uh, you know, th- those are just off the top of my head. Those are some guys that that uh, were transfers that came in. And, and here's a guy that left that I thought would have been very successful if not for injuries is is Gunnar Keel. I mean, Gunnar Keel was playing very well for Cincinnati before he had that really bad, yep. like took that really brutally violent shot that knocked him out. Like he mm-hmm. was never the same guy after that, Ryan. Like he just yep. he wasn't. But that first year at Cincinnati, Gunnar Keel was pretty. Yeah, like I think he had like over thirty touchdown passes and over three thousand yards that first year at Cincinnati. Yeah, he, was good. he was good. He was on pace to be a really good college quarterback at that level, yep. and then that that injury just like he was just right. He was never the yep. same in the pocket. He was just yep. never the same against pass rush. And I I understand because that was a vicious, yes, it was. like scary type of hit, man. Um, um, J- uh, Jalen Guyton. Ended yes. up being very good for North Texas, yep. and he's still in the NFL. Still in the NFL Who's he right with? now. He was still with the Chargers. Or Chargers, he... yeah. Okay. He's like he's like one of the uh, he's like one of the more solid deep threats in the NFL right now. Like he just pushes the ball vertically. So yeah, he's a good yeah. There, there's been some guys. Yep. Yep. There's been some guys. So uh, I'm trying to think of some others, Ryan. That have, transferred have, away. Yeah, they transferred away and, and did well. I mean, Lawrence Keys ended up having a real. He was I think yeah. he was two lanes leading receiver this year, right? Or at least second, I, one or I, two. Yeah. I think he was he was at one point he was at least maybe it was catches. He was catches, number yeah. one in catches. Let me look that up. But he had a nice year for for Tulane this year. Let me let me let me pull that up because I always liked Lawrence. He's a really nice kid. Yep. He uh okay, so Brazil ended up ended up leading it, but Lawrence was there. He but he had like a strong finish of the season. I'll just say that. He had a strong finish of the season. And so oh, he yeah. ended up passing. He was right. great the last few games. Yeah. Lawrence didn't play last three games. So that would be why. Okay. He got hurt against Tulsa and didn't play last three games. So when he got hurt, he was the leading receiver because yep. uh, Brazil had 711 mm-hmm. and uh, Lawrence had 599. 
Port okay. Bazell had 196. That'd be 237 after Lawrence got knocked out of the game, uh, out for the season. So he definitely passed him after Lawrence got knocked out. So he had a he he did some nice things for for Tulane. Had you know was much bit more productive this year than he was last year. Yeah. For them. How about um, Dylan Gibbons? Ended up being a good yes. player for Florida State. Very yeah. nice player for Florida State. Yeah. Yep. Um, trying to think. I, I know there's. I know there's been some others, but uh, yeah, a lot of them haven't really panned out great, to be honest. With you. And that's going to change because there's going to be more kids like that we're seeing now. Yeah. Not. I mean, look, Phil Dracovic was on track to have a really good career. I mean, he had a really nice first year at Boston College. Yeah. Just the injuries and then just how he handled certain things didn't wasn't good. Yeah. But his first year at Boston College. Right. I mean, you had people talking about him being a possible first round NFL draft pick because of that first year at Boston College. Yeah. He just he just went like this when he afterwards. had he had third round NFL grades after that season yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, man, there was potential there. But yeah. trying to think. Um didn't work out. Yeah, I'm trying to think what uh I'm trying to think some other guys that have panned out. Um I feel like there hasn't been a ton that have left no, the program and turned out to be really good. There yeah. haven't. Um, oh, well, he wasn't that much in the in college, but he turned out to be a good NFL player. Aaron Lynch, I mean, yes. not to open up wounds, yeah. but I know he wasn't great for yeah. South Florida, but he ended up being a good NFL oh. player. So, I feel like there's been a couple. There's been a couple other guys. I feel like that wasn't there. A, I mean, DJ Morgan started at UConn, I believe. Sorry, UConn. Jamie on Franklin. Jamie on. Oh, had a really nice career at Duke. Yeah. yeah. Um. Did did DJ? Yeah, DJ started at UConn for a couple of years, didn't he, Ryan? Yeah, I think so. I think and then um, the other kid, Jordan uh, Jordan Jenmark Heath, started yeah. for a year at linebacker at UCLA. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I believe DJ Morgan. I'm gonna have to look at this. Uh, DJ Morgan. Yeah, DJ Morgan in his last year at uh, UConn as a linebacker, or no, 2019. Uh, DJ was fifth on their team in tackles, had seven tackles for loss, two sacks, and and three pass breakups. And then uh, I think UConn canceled their 2020 season, right? Yep, and then in 2021 uh, he got hurt, so he didn't play the the whole 2019 season. But yeah, 2000 or 21 season. But 2019, his first year as a starter there, he he was a nice player, did some nice things for them in 2019. Oh, Shaq so, Evans wasn't Shaq Evans? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Notre Dame guy too. He, he was here. Yeah. For, oh, here's a Greg Olson. Oh, Greg Olson's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, pretty sure. good. He's yeah. pretty good. Uh, and if you want to go back like way back in the day, Dorsey Levins, Kent sure. Graham. I mean, sure. you know. There's some guys like that, but just recently there's been those are those are the main guys that, that stick out to me. Yep. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Jimmy, Jimmy Page, great guitarist, um, you know, rock guitarist. What's your take on Bama plus two versus Michigan? That tells me, Jimmy, that Vegas is very split on that football game because a two-point line is basically just a pick'em line at that point. So it doesn't matter to me who's negative two, who's plus two. That just tells me one of these teams is going to win. We're not 100% sure, and that's kind of what that line tells me personally. We were asked about this on the show yesterday. You know, Bama's going to kill Michigan, and I said, look, they could, but I think I, I, I'm going to predict Bama to win, but I think this is going to be a very competitive football game. Michigan's a, I, I don't think Michigan belonged to in because of all the stuff they did to get there. But as far as like, like the actual on-field product, Michigan's a really good football team. So um, I wonder if that's Ryan that's frozen or if that's me that's frozen. So can you guys? Uh, it must be Ryan because Ryan just bailed or just backed out. So I think Ryan was Ryan was frozen there. So sorry about that, everybody. We're going to get to some more questions here. We got a super chat from Michael S. Isn't Riley Leonard fragile for a dual threat quarterback? Uh, no. Riley Leonard is not fragile for a dual threat quarterback. He had a bad ankle injury at the end of this season where he got rolled or at the end of the Notre Dame game where he got rolled up on. And then that led to some other things, but Riley Leonard did not miss any time in 2022 for injuries. He played the entire season, was not banged up. He played the entire 20, the second half of the 2021 season as you know, kind of a rotation guy coming off the bench as the dual threat guy. He had one bad injury and that was, that was a freaky play at the end of a game. So, no, he is not fragile for a dual-threat quarterback. Not even yeah. close. Not was, even close. Be, before, before my uh, my internet went out there, was was my was my comment well-received? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if about, it was well About Michigan or – About the line? Yeah, <laughs> I, it was. I, I simply said, you know, somebody brought up on the show, Ryan, um, yeah. last night that they thought Bama was going to kill Michigan. And I said, I'm, I'm going to predict Bama to win, but I think it's going to be a competitive football game. I think it's going to be a good yeah. football game. They're too, they're too similar for one. To yeah, in, in Michigan, one out, Michigan I think. gets beat, but Michigan, Michigan's not going to get killed. Right. In exactly. Now, now, look, anything can happen. You could have some fluky sure. stuff and you just have that day. Like if, if Georgia and TCU play a week later, yeah. Georgia doesn't beat them 65 to seven. They still sure. win. They still sure. win probably comfortably, but it won't be by 58. You know what I, I mean? I, I think usually blowouts happen when they're like different styles of football teams, right? Where you're just like, I don't defend that style well or whatever right. it is, right? Like Michigan, Alabama, I just think they're so similar that like it's going to be a close game regardless of who wins. Like I, I just don't, I can't see it being like a. Well, and neither team plays a blowout style against other teams. Yeah. I mean, look at the two good teams Michigan played. Right. They were both competitive games. Look at look at the good teams. I mean, the the, the best teams Texas played. They beat Georgia yeah. in a close – I mean, uh, Bama played. They beat Georgia in a close game. They beat Texas – they lost to Texas in a competitive game. Like, like they were clearly the better team. Texas was clearly the better team in the fourth quarter. Yep. Clearly. But that was a close game until then. You know, they blew out LSU. LSU's got a terrible defense. They beat Tennessee convincingly. Tennessee's a very mediocre football team. The game against Ole Miss, it was a 14-point game, but it was a competitive game. It wasn't a blog game. It was 24 to 10. And, and same thing for Michigan. I mean, Michigan's only really played two good teams all year and they beat one of them 24 to 15. They beat the other 30 to 24. And yep. you could argue that the next best team they played this year was Maryland. You could argue that who went seven and five. I mean, it's either them or Rutgers. Yep. And, and uh, you know, they beat them by a touchdown. You know, I, I, Iowa sucks. I'm sorry. They just, they're just terrible. So I don't even count them as the next best opponent. I know they won their division, but like they're like, they, they, they are the, that Michigan is the worst possible matchup that our Iowa could ever have because Michigan is them, but with a good offense Yeah, is basically what Michigan is. And they have a disaster you, of an offense. You know, you know what was wild was that Iowa scored zero points, and I actually thought the quarterback played better than he has all season. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Who's so bad. Deacon Hill. Did you see yeah. uh, Spencer Petrus is going to Utah State, by the way? I don't know if you really? saw that one. Yeah, he's going to Utah State, man. I mean, Ryan, I'm, I'm going to read to you Deacon Hill's yards per pass attempt in his oh, I've starts. Seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. 4.3. Yep. 5.2. Yep. 2.6. Yep. 4.1. 4.3. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 7.2. 
Mm-hmm. 5.8, 3.4, 3.8. Now, I want to make sure that I'm clear to you all. <laughs> I didn't read you his rushing yards per attempt. That's oh, not even good rushing. as a rusher. It's, it's even r- worse rushing. That's passing yards per attempt. Yep. That is – that like this is why – this is the and this is always the the you know we we've talked about how I just think it's it's kind of misguided to just say because a guy worked for another guy or your friends or whatever you shouldn't hire a guy, but here's the danger when you hire someone you know, and especially when it's your child, it can be harder to fire someone. Brian Friends deserved to be fired for his performance years ago, right? But he didn't do it because his dad's the head coach, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean it. How how do you justify going home to your wife and saying, by the way, I got to fire our son? You know what it's I mean? Tough, and plus, man. it's your it's son. Tough. It's your yeah. son. And so it's why you got to be real careful when you make those kind of moves. And you got to have some serious. I mean, you know, well, Brian French should love his dad enough to to quit. I'm like, well, Brian French is more of a competitor than that. I think Brian French wants to do a better job. I think Brian French thought he was going to do a good job. He just, it's just, he's just not good. Right. You know? Oh, Brian. Uh, Michael S. And that's a, that's a Ferentz, not a Brian. Yeah, Russell. I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, Michael S. <laughs> says, Super Chat, thank you so much. Who's the second option if Riley Leonard doesn't come? It's a great question. I don't think they have one right now. I know. I, I was about to say, like, they've, I'm sure they've been doing their due diligence on some guys, but, like, I have no idea who they – It's Kenny Riley Mitchie? Leonard and then – Kenny Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> Jimmy Page. Love the humor here. Music is my passion, but Notre Dame football is next. Love that. Here's a couple more. Okay. He had W.O. Lewis. Is tight end a position that Notre Dame will look at in the portal now? They don't have to, right? Numbers-wise? I think think there's some concern in this regard, Ryan, because Mitchell Evans is going to probably miss the first part of the year. Sure. And Eli Raritan has an injury history. And then you've got Cooper Flanagan, possibly Davis Sherwood. And then Jack Larson. So, in some yeah. ways, like, look, if you have another injury to, um, uh, you know, a tight end next year, early in the season, yeah, your numbers are going to be a little tight. But sure, it just there's things their name can do, and still be okay. Eleven personnel, twenty-one yeah. personnel, things like that. So, it's just about look, get those guys healthy. That's the yeah. key. Now, if somebody gets hurt in the spring, then I think you're going to see Notre Dame have to go to the portal and the post spring portal sure. period. Sure. But for right now, uh, or if let's say Mitchell Evans has a setback, you may need to go to the portal for a veteran, but, but there's also some decent tight ends on the roster. And this is what, you know, Henry Garrity, you know I mean? Okay. He's probably still a year away, sure. but like probably Selma still on the roster. Yeah. 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 He was hurt. Justin yeah. Fisher can do some Davis Sherwood type things. Yeah. So, you know, and again, you're just talking about getting you, getting you through some games and things along those lines. It's really what, the focus yeah. is on on those type of things sure right irish eagle 90 says do you guys think bronte johnson could should be part of the safety rotation in year one he earns it i mean bronte's skinny and he's going to yep. need a really good off season in the in the weight room athletically so, though he can do it but sure. it's, i mean technically and weight wise just physically, physically right. yeah right that'll be a much bigger question. a little time little time but the long-term dividends could be fantastic. Oh, it's worth like, sh- yes, correct, correct. If you think he can physically hold up as a freshman in some role, special yeah. teams, whatever, then you play him. Yep. You know, but he's probably just going to need a year to physically develop. But like you said, Ryan, the movement skills, things like that, the willingness for con- like he's a skinny kid, but he's a willing hitter. He's yeah. not just a runner that you know won't stick. He's a willing hitter. Yes. Ryan Prot says, how would you go about fixing Iowa's future offense? Curious to see what you would do. I mean, honestly, it, it's this is not meant to be disrespectful. This is an honest answer. Yep. Hire a better offensive coordinator and let him b- build the staff and recruit to that talent. I mean, look, Iowa doesn't have terrible players. They don't. They have yeah. a terrible offensive coordinator. I actually like their one running back, man. The running back's not bad. Yeah. yeah. And then Caleb Brown's a kid that I wanted at Notre Dame. And and before he got hurt, Eric All's a good player. I mean, they got good yeah. tight ends. Yep. They had good athletes last year. I mean, they had that one kid that left Iowa to go to Purdue and he becomes a dude, Charlie Jones. He didn't like almost nothing at Iowa as a pass catcher. Why? Because the coaching was poor. 
I mean, it, it, their talent's not great, especially up front. It's not yeah. as what it used to be. It's not, the but same they're not this them. bad. They're not even close to this bad. If they went out and hired a good offensive coordinator and and revamped the entire staff, basically, they could jump ten points next year if they can find a, somebody to play quarterback. Because I don't know who they're going to have a quarterback. They could jump to 27-28 well, well, per well, game they, next year. Marco Linez is in there, man. Gets you know, Linez. He's a Jersey kid, but yeah, Jersey but the kid. point is, Ryan, is their talent is not eighteen point per game talent. No, it's not. It's literally you have one of the worst. Off and, and it's 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 what I'm it's not he's just a bad play caller it's it's poor design he has no feel for calling plays they're clearly he, not prepared he ran I mean, the ball on second and fourteen I mean it just what do you want me to say about that what do you want me to say about that? no feel for the game whatsoever as a play yeah. caller none yeah. and uh, I mean and I'm not trying to be disrespectful I'm, I'm sure he's a nice guy but he's just just let's go show not every good position coach is a, is a good coordinator he is an awful coordinator he he they were down 10 nothing playing competitive football especially defensively and it was third and eight and they decided to run the ball on a lead draw and did not get the first down and they were close to midfield i was like dang they don't even want to win well uh, I, I, rephrase offensively they are not capable of winning this football game from just a strategy perspective. They have no chance. They were going to need multiple special teams and defensive scores. I mean, honestly, if they picked off a pass and ran it back to 11, you're like, well, field goal. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just... They're over under on that football game with six and a half, and they hit the under comfortably. <laughs> I think I, when you texted me that, I think I said I'd take the under. I think I texted I'd take the under, and I think you said – I, th- I thought you agreed with me, but I just when I saw that, I, I was like, "You got to remember what I said, man." It was such a joke of line. You know what their, you know what their line was in the first half? It was either 0.5 points or 1.5 points in the first half was the over under for Iowa yeah. team total. That's crazy. It's insane, man. It doesn't make any sense. Absolutely crazy. Nicholas Grosh, guys, what is the plus of starting Steve Angeli in the Sun Bowl, or should we start our six-year vet and why? Well, here's a here's a, a plus for six-year vet is he gives you a better chance to win. That's very true, in my opinion. Uh, is there a plus to starting Steve Angeli? Yeah, I mean, you if if you start Steve Angeli for it, there's pluses for Steve. It gives him experience. It lets him be better prepared to if he's called upon to start next year. It certainly benefits for Steve. Are there pluses to? Uh, the football team, not really. I mean, if you go win a football game, that's a plus. I mean, I don't know. And what I mean by that is, is this is this sounds very anti-Steve Angelian, and I'm not meaning it to be. It just you need to do what you need to do to win a football game. Maybe Steve Angeli can help you go beat Oregon State, but I'm confident that Sam Hartman can help you go beat Oregon State. Pretty confident in that. You know, um, one one thing I'd say is if your tackles don't play, Steve brings you a little bit more mobility. But would he have the same feel in the pocket? I, I don't know the answer to that. That's a whole yeah. different animal. Because that's an experience thing. Yeah. That's not really an athletic exactly. thing. Yeah. Exactly. I yep. mean, you would you would get a full game of understanding what you have exactly in Steve Angeli. Because I know, you know, there's obviously some people that like Steve Angeli, but like you've only seen it mostly in practice reps and then mop up duty. You would get a full game of understanding exactly what you might have there. But I mean, yeah. I'm in favor of Sam Hartman playing if Sam Hartman can play, though. Yep, if he's willing to. This I'll ask this one, Ryan, because you know a lot yeah. more about him yep. than I do. Uh, should Notre Dame take a look at Samson Okanlola from Pitt? Well, they can't take a look from Samson Okanlola for Pitt because that is the offensive tackle that plays in Miami. We're talking about Samuel Okanlola. Yeah. Obviously, joking. Is he in the portal? I mean, I know he led them in sacks this year, but I mean, I haven't watched him extensively. I know he's six four, like two forty. I think was what he was listed at, and you think he's a redshirt freshman. He looked pretty talented, but I haven't watched enough for me to have like a deep understanding of like, yes, go after that guy. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yep. Wow. Uh, I just saw this come across. Is this real? Let me What's let me that? look and see if this is real. Uh oh. Yes, this is a, a a guy that tweets out lacrosse. Tyler Buckner yep. has entered the NCAA transfer portal As a lacrosse for player. lacrosse. He's a great lacrosse player, right? So, yeah, but that says so much about why Tyler Buckner was never the quarterback he should have been. That says so much. His his uh, he got some really bad advice. Hey, Notre year. Dame. Notre Dame has a good lacrosse team, right? Yes. I wouldn't. <laughs> I I would not be surprised if he did. His sister goes to school here. I would not be surprised about that at all. I'd be completely fine if Tyler came back to play lacrosse. Completely fine with it. 100%. I like Tyler. I think he's a great kid. I think he got really bad advice. I've never yeah. heard anyone say a bad thing. The only bad thing anyone ever said to me about Tyler Buckner is one guy was like. 
he spends too much time with his girlfriend. That's literally the worst <laughs> thing anyone's ever said to me about Tyler Buckner as a young man. There could be worse things you know in I mean? the world. Yeah. Way worse. Things. <laughs> he has a girl he likes spending time with. Oh my god, the horrible kid that he is. You know what I mean? Like, um, oh shoot, he's not out at parties drinking and smoking. He spends time with his girlfriend. Oh, what a what a bastard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Never yeah. heard anyone say a bad thing about Tyler Buckner as a kid. No. So if he wants to come back to Notre Dame, it's fine. You know, uh, I'd even say, hey man, why don't you? Why don't you come with us during fall camp and you can run the, the triple option for Army and then we'll let you go back to the lacrosse team. Man, he would be great for Army, man. Yeah. If his body could hold up, yeah. he'd be great. Yeah. 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 So I like Tyler. And I know he gets uh, we we've got to be able to we gotta be able to take away the difference between what a guy was as a football player as a young person. Yeah. And I get the frustration people have as a football player. I agree to disagree. Tyler's a really good kid. And I wish he would have stayed at Notre Dame or or made a smarter transfer decision. That was just not going to work. We we've said time like, look, I think there's places Tyler Buckner could play. Yeah. I don't get that one. Uh, I yeah, don't. That, I, that I Alabama was always weird, man. Always weird. Just never made. Because I was like, you know, if he goes like TCU or something, I'd be like, oh, I can get that one, right? Like Alabama, nah, it didn't make any sense. Oh man, Brandon Blends in there. What's up, Brandon? What's the word on Blake Fisher? Is there seriously a good likelihood he leaves for the draft? You think that'd be a big mistake, in my opinion. I agree with the last part. Yeah, uh, I, everything I've heard, I haven't heard an official announcement yet, but I I have no expectation that Riley that Blake Fisher is going to be on the football team next year, based <laughs> on what I've been told. And so gross, um, man, it's gross. I just think that's a very poor decision. Yes, I mean, does it, he have the potential to be a, a a guy that could be a day two draft pick? Or, or yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, he regressed from last year and, and he regressed from the middle of the season. I, I just, I do not understand this one at all. Yeah. Like Ryan, there is no, I've yet to have anyone try to explain to me why this is a smart decision there. I haven't asked anybody, Brian, on the NFL side about Blake. Cause I just kind of assumed he wouldn't even, he wouldn't do it. But if he does answer, I think it's a mistake for one. And for two, I would be shocked shocked if he's getting good feedback from the nfl i'd be shocked shocked yeah. about it like absolutely shocked i really would i would not there's no chance he's getting great feedback no chance i mean he's he's probably going to go day three at best at best and i wouldn't be shocked well, if he's like a borderline draftable priority for agent type you know this you know this decision is is a lot to me not quite the same but a little similar kevin austin if he ends up going pro this is a very kevin austin ish decision but at least opinion. kevin austin waited till he was a senior sure. to make that decision sure. like's a true junior like if you're a true junior going to the nfl you better be joe walt where you're a dominant player i mean just because that's the one position ryan where people still value age and experience yeah and a big part of that is because the older you are usually the stronger you are and that's a position where that kind of matters i just I don't, there's been so many things Blake has done that I just don't make, like, why did he lose as much weight as he did? I'm all for you reshaping your body, but he lost the weight and kept it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you looked at his arms this year's arms got smaller. He didn't look as thick in the arms as he has in the past. Like I, it's just, it's just a very strange, strange deal. And he went from being a guy that I thought with good coaching and the right attitude and come back and maybe be a day two pick. And if you really peak, maybe a day one pick it, when he stand was still here to now it's like, I had somebody tell me the other day he's got a better shot at going undrafted than he yeah. does at getting into day two. I, I said that I said that the other day. Again, yeah. I haven't even seen any feedback. Maybe it's you that told on, me that the other day. It may it may have been like honestly, Brian. Like I'm just looking at the film from this year. That's a borderline draftable football player right now. It just is. And he never built on the Ohio State game. Yeah. That's my problem. Like he had a pretty good game against Ohio State, yeah. and it's like if you think that film is going to save you from the yeah. rest of the film, you're mistaken. It's also going to hurt him because not only do you keep that weight off, but also he might still project better inside a guard. And we have no idea what he looks like at guard, like zero idea what he looks like at guard. And he lost a bunch of weight. It's not like he's sitting there at 325, 330 pounds like he did a couple years ago. Just a, it would be a very perplexing move if he decides to go, if he decides to leave. Yep. Maybe, maybe he's going to transfer instead. I have no idea, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I now I've heard it's I've been told it's the NFL is what he's looking at. Like that would actually make more sense. I, I still think yeah, it'd be a bad. Decision. Yeah. Go get some big payout from an NIL team. Like, okay, somebody's offering you a couple million dollars. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't like it, but whatever. That would make way more sense. He would make more money doing that than he would go in the NFL, in my opinion. So I many just, kids get really bad advice, man. Now, 
really I, bad advice. I, I have no problem with Blake. I think Blake's a good kid. I hope that I'm wrong about how NFL teams value him, but I just watch film and I don't have any clue how, because he's not a dominant run blocker and he's just kind of an okay pass blocker, you know, and I thought, his no, pass, I thought his pass blocking took a step back this year. Like I did, did not think he was a great pass blocker this year. It did. I would agree with that at the same position. Yeah. And the other thing too is NFL teams going to move you inside. And he's been very reluctant to that at Notre Dame. Yeah. From what I'm told, very reluctant to that. Yeah, Cause but I don't, I don't think, I don't think his arms are going to measure that. You long. have no really hope don't. of being a tackle in the NFL. I don't think so. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The regular season is over, but that doesn't mean shopping for tickets has come to an end. Notre Dame still has a big bowl game coming up. It's also holiday season, which means plenty of amazing concerts and shows. And you'll need tickets, especially if you're a last-minute shopper like me. And if you are in need of tickets, game time is the place to go. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. Football Hound, how many wide receivers is Notre Dame looking at in the portal? Uh, minimum one, up to two, Probably I think two, is, the, yeah. is, is the goal right yeah. there. Yeah. Let's see here. Here's kind of a, along, the, along those lines, Ryan. Here's a good one. Josh Buffo, the Motivational Business Banker. Thank you, Josh. If yeah, we man. do get Riley Denner and – Riley Leonard, any thoughts of wide receivers that may come because of him that are not in the portal now? Well, I don't I don't know that there's any guys that are going to jump in the portal to like they're perfectly happy where they are, and then all of a sudden Riley Leonard jumps in the portal and they say, I'm going to play for Riley Leonard. I, I don't see that. Are there some guys in the portal now that are going to look at Notre Dame because they get Riley Leonard? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And and I can bet you that Riley Leonard's already building relationships with some receivers, kind of in sort of a wherever I go. Yeah, come with me, sure. Kind of, kind of mode. So certainly see that, but I, I don't think a kid's going to jump into the portal just because Riley Leonard came to Notre Dame or goes to Auburn or goes to Texas A&M, whatever. Right. I, I don't see that unless it's like a Duke kid, but I don't know that any of those kids are like like the kid that they, like, I, I like the kid uh, Catalan. I like him as not Catalan. That's a kid from Calhoun. Texas. Calhoun. I always yeah. get those two kids' last names mixed up. I think he's a good player. And if Notre Dame needed a slot, I'd say, yeah, look at that guy. You know, he's a nice little slot player. They don't need that. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah they don't you know? need that at all. So, yeah. like, if Jaden Greathouse and Jordan Faison weren't here or something and, you know, Chris Tyree was gone, yeah, I'd look at him. Nice little slot player, help with a transition to K.K. Smith or whoever. But yep. that's the last thing Notre Dame needs is another slot. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely last thing. Outside receivers, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Let's go to... Right, we had Archer four five two. If you were making the decisions, would you take a quarterback, a portal quarterback for depth, or is a guy out there that you think is a legit upgrade over the roster and would likely start? Man, Archer, you need to go back to our shows yeah. over the last like week and a half. Man, this has been a cool yeah. conversation. <laughs> Pretty simple. Um, I, yeah. I, I'm Notre Dame needed to go to the portal no matter what. Depth was the most likely option, unless you could find a dude. I think Riley Leonard's a dude. 
Yeah. Uh, to me, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in there that could maybe help Notre Dame in 2024. Could get, could Dylan Gabriel help Notre Dame in 2024? Sure. What I got for Dylan Gabriel? Absolutely not. Because yeah. he is not good enough to stunt the growth of the players that are coming behind. Um, you know, some other guys just aren't good fits. To me, Riley Leonard's the one guy I look at and say, that's worth it. Yeah, that that's worth it. That's I agree. worth it. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. I I think that I'm not opposed to letting Kenny Minchie, Steve Angeli, CJ Carr fight for the starting spot and just getting a depth piece. But I do think Riley Leonard, if healthy and used correctly, developed properly, I think he could be a star. I really do. I think yeah. he could be a star because 2022 version is great. If you get 2022 version for Notre Dame this next year from the running and passing perspective, you're good, man. You're going to be a good football yeah. team. But if he takes a step forward from that, I'm talking about a really good quarterback. So I would be open for right. that. Agree. I had another question that says, how does, and I can't find it, but it was how does the receiver room affect Riley Leonard's decision? And my answer is like, guys, even with the guys that Notre Dame lost, they yep. still have more talent at receiver than he had at Duke. That's very true. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yep. So, Jimmy Page, I'm not reading that super chat, buddy. I appreciate it, but I'm not putting that on, on, the, on the show. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, I know. It, I know. It, yeah. As I saw the flash up. Yeah. Here we go. This is, a, this is a good one by Chief Brody. I like this one. Chief says, how important is it that the hire works out for Marcus Freeman? Can he afford another season like 2023 was in terms of the passing game next season? No, you can't have the inconsistency that Notre Dame had in the pass game next year. No. I mean, is it end all be all for Marcus Freeman? No. But you get to the point in time, Ryan, where even if something isn't necessarily like a make or break end yep. all be all, you start getting to the point where the trends are such that you're going to have a hard time recovering from it. And it's just the beginning of the end, so to speak. Sure. You know, and it, it, at least it, it, it could be. And you're just kind of like year three, you've got to start showing some growth. I mean, I've talked about this before. Overall, there's some really good moments in the pass game for Notre Dame this year. The kids are going to look at. I mean, they threw 28 touchdown passes, almost three. They'll be over 3,000 yards by the time the season's over. It's okay. It's not great. It, you know, started off great early in the year, and then you finished well with some big games late. But then in the middle, there was a lot of bad. And then you have a chance to really finish with three of your last four games being really good passing games because you're playing a Stanford team that has one of the worst pass defenses and you can't throw the football because your quarterback's turning it over, not making good reads. So yeah, you've got to, you've got to turn that around. Now, is, is it, is it make or break? No. Is it important? Incredibly important. Right. And that's the thing guys, like when I look at this, a Mike Brown hire, you have to understand where we're coming from. And, and, mm -hmm. and Ryan, if I, I'm speaking for the both of us, but if I speak incorrectly, correct me. We understand this has to be a great hire. This isn't, well, if he's not any good, you can go out. No, they have, have to get this right. It's a must. You've got to get this receiver hire right, which is why I'm excited about it, because what they need is what we hear and see Mike Brown is really good at. Ryan said it earlier. You need number one above all else, a developer of wide receivers. This yeah. is a guy that has a four to five year track record of doing just that with talent that doesn't quite stack up to what he's gonna have another end. Now, Alec Pierce is actually a really athletic guy. So, I mean, but he'll have he'll have that in Cam Williams. He'll have that in De Deion Colsey is a freak athletically in a lot of ways. That size, speed combination. He just has to learn to be a great player. Jaden Greathouse is an outstanding talent. Is he an elite athlete? No. Is he an elite receiver? He has a chance to be. Right. Jordan Faison is a very athletic player. You know, there, there's some, there's a lot of talent to work with there. He's got to coach it up. They need that. So I think it's a very important hire. And so our praise comes with the thought that we are valuing us on a this is a very important hire. And right. I'm still saying I, I think it's a very good hire of what we know. Mm -hmm. We'll see how it pans out. But I'm a lot more optimistic about this hire than I was about the Chancey Stuckey hire, yep. about the Joe Rudolph hire. There's been other hires, and I'm like, I don't know about that one. This one, from everything I've learned, I love this hire. And as you all know, I'm really picky when it comes to wide receiver coaching. Very picky. So if I'm watching film of this, what, what I'm seeing, and I'm talking to people that I trust – and I'm telling you guys, guys, I think this is going to be a really good hire. Like, you know that I've been convinced and at a position that's not easy to convince me. 
uh, sure. of that hire. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge because I, I think coaches are, are graded mostly by their adjustments. And we always think of that of like in game. And then obviously in the, in, you know, halftime adjustments, but adjustments happen after not making a great hire. Right. And we can sit here and blame Tommy Reese and his Intel to why Chancey stuck between the wide receiver coach. Ultimately though, it's Marcus Froome's program. Correct. He agreed to it. He, he advised it. Right. So ultimately it's about the next step that shows growth. If he now recovers and says, okay, made a mistake with coach Stucky. We got coach Brown and he ends up being a really good coach for you. Then that shows growth as a, as a head coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. I need to get new glasses, Ryan. <laughs> I know. I know a good place, man. Zenny yeah. online. I always get from there. Uh, well, I got my prescription fixed because my, gotcha. my script, these just aren't as clear as they used to be. Gotcha. Don't expect Cam Williams to be ready versus AM the way Great House was. Oh, wait, sorry. Do you expect Cam yeah. Williams to be ready versus AM the way Great House was? Could be. Yeah, the way it Possible. said don't, but then the yeah. question. Yes, but in a different way. Yep. Because Jaden, I don't think Cam in year one is going to be quite as polished as Jaden Greathouse was. But Cam's yeah. not some just raw kid that doesn't know what he's doing either. Sure. I, mean, I, I think Cam was coached pretty well in high school. I mean, just when you watch his growth from sophomore to junior year, Cam was coached pretty well, Ryan. Are there are there things that he has to learn that Jaden already knew coming in? Sure. I mean, because it's just a different animal. Austin Westlake's a different animal. Yeah. But I got to give a lot of preps to his high school coaches because I think they did a pretty good job of teaching him how to play the game. And then also still doing athletic things with him, right? Like put him on wild cad. They'd run him on jets and reverses, but they didn't just let him be an athlete. You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Like, yes, they 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 used the fact he was a dynamic athlete to their advantage. They didn't just like say, hey, we're going to have you run jet sweeps, goes, and crossers all day. I mean, they taught him. He, he evolved as a route runner. He evolved as a yep. blocker. He evolved, you know, ability, you know, how to catch the football. There's a lot of things his game grew on. So props to them. So, I, but the thing is, is he'll be able to get away with things athletically yep. that like Jaden, especially Rico, couldn't get away with. I mean, look, sure. I know everybody loves Rico Flores, but like anytime they played good corners, Rico struggled. Yeah, because Rico doesn't have the dynamic athleticism. And, and the thing we said at the time is you're asking him to do things you should not be. This isn't a shot at Rico. They yeah. were asking Rico to do things they should not have been asking him to do against those players. Right. So it's more of that. It's not a shot at Rico. It's It was more of, of an indictment of Chancey Stuckey. Right. And and so uh, when and when you watch the the, sta- the weight game that why did he have a lot of success? quick game overs crossers you know yep. you're scheming them open it wasn't just go win on go routes against louisville's corners who are way better than you and way older uh and way longer so to me but cam can get away with some of those things cam you can say hey just dude just go freaking run a go route you know what i mean and it's okay. like he can you yeah. know hey Throw go run a, screen, a post route. Yes. whatever yes. yeah like yes. just yeah so you can just athletically get away with things that even if he's not as far along you know, route package wise as Jade and Great House was or Rico Flores was, you can still play him. But I, I think that he is further along than maybe I thought he was going to be when he first committed. Yeah. And that's a testament to his hard work, but also a testament to his coaching staff, who's clearly done a good job coaching that kid up while also taking advantage of the fact that you can just do some athlete things with him, which, you know, as we saw this year, Ryan, they did. They put him yes. at, at Wildcat and just said, snap the ball to Cam and let Cam be the best athlete on the field. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's smart. I mean, that's it's good to that's, do that. That's, that's called good coaching, giving your best yes. player the ball. Yes. yes. But they didn't overdo it. You know what yep. I mean? Like, they didn't overdo that. They also still helped the kid develop as a player and, and yep. props. I don't know who their coaches are. I don't, I don't know any of them. But I respect the job they did. Takes a him. smart coach to know to not do too much and to just right. get your best football player the ball. That, right. that takes a good coach. And it also takes a good coach to not get lazy and just rely on that. Yes. And just say, we're just going to snap the ball and hand it to him every time. So props to them. All right. We had a question for Ray Holcraft. He said, good to see Kingston Villiamoasa as a five star, but that was on rivals. Mm-hmm. How do you see him working into the defense next year? Do you see him as a high floor and high ceiling linebacker? Yes. And I, yes. I, on do. The last part, Ryan. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I think that he, Ray, I think honestly, you could play him at will if you want. But I also think that long term he is the starting Mike for Notre Dame. I, that's what I believe, right? Like he is six three, already two hundred thirty pounds. He's got a clean frame too, where like I could see him being two hundred forty plus pounds and maintaining his speed and athleticism. 
Kingston's a star, man. He's a star yeah. in the making. Tremendous senior season that he just had for St. Yeah. John Bosco. Back-to-back 100-plus tackle seasons for one of the best defenses in all of high school football. Kingston's yeah. a star. Ryan, you mentioned he's the future starting Mike linebacker. Here's my thing is if there's a scenario down the road where Drake Bowen and, and, and Kingston Villama Asa, your two best linebackers, I think Drake is the more natural transition to Will. Yeah. In that situation. A little twitch here. It, yeah. It's for me, it's not that I think he beats Drake out as much as this. I just think there's a there's a world potentially yep. where your two best inside linebackers are those two kids. Yep. And now I think I think I would say I I, I think Jaden Osbury and Drake Bowen are, are not going to be the easiest guys to beat out, but you you need a guy like Kingston if that's going to happen. Yep. Right. And so oh, yeah, I mean the depth is fantastic. I just would say like I love both of those kids, yeah. but would I be shocked if Kingston played himself into being a high volume guy as a true freshman? I wouldn't be shocked at no. all, man. He's been coached very and, well, and he's physically advanced. And here's the other thing too, Ryan. Whoever he's behind don't get hurt don't miss games because you will not have your job back when you get back you're gonna, you're gonna get wally pipped yeah you're gonna get wally pipped yeah don't get hurt yep don't get hurt or you, you're the guy next to you is like oh crap he's gonna start now so now that when this guy comes back they're gonna move him to my position <laughs> you know right. what i mean right he has that kind of potential real you quick know. from t Roy jenkins will you guys be coming to el paso for the game i will I bought my ticket and my uh, and my rent of my hotel last night, so I'll be it's getting nice down there. Mexican food while you're down there, yep. man. Getting it's down there on the 26th, and then uh, staying covering all the stuff that week, and then we'll we'll we'll, nice. we'll plan. I don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we'll plan some IB get together. So if anyone's from down there and you have some ideas on on sports bar type places or sports rest, restaurants, kind of sporty where we can watch games and stuff, let me know, and we'll we'll plan some out. But yeah, just if you're going to be down there. Probably probably like a day or two before the game, 20, 27th or 28th, we'll do something like that. So it'll be a lot of fun. Get some good get some good tacos, man. Cilantro, onion, yes, lime. Well, I'm, be honest, I'm, not a, a, I'm not a huge fan of real tacos. Oh, man. So I, I had someone, uh, Ange and I went on a cruise a number of years ago, and we went to, I can't remember where it was, it was Cabo, something like that, one of the beaches in Mexico, and she's like, let's get some tacos. And when they brought the taco tray out, I was like, that's not like, where's the cheese? Where's the lettuce? And they're oh, like, no. Come about? on, man. And Angela Come looked on. at me so oh. ashamed because oh. here's the thing, right? She grew up in Escondido in San Diego. Right. right so like, yeah. she's like right she on the board. So she knows yeah. exactly what a real taco is, not Taco Bell tacos. She yeah. looked at me just like, if I'd have known that before we got married, I would have had to rethink <laughs> my my answer to yes. Oh when man! You asked me to marry First you, time I had authentic tacos, yeah. it was an absolute game changer. Yeah. Absolute game changer. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I just don't like them as much because you know me. I'm a if I like something, I'm that's just mm-hmm. kind of the way I like it. Mm-hmm. But I'm very yeah. picky with tacos. Actually, I'm yeah, very picky with tacos. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we we did have this question here. I was okay. getting ready to take it off again. Uh, Ken Ken Pluta says, how much does Sam Hartman's relationship with Riley Leonard play into him looking at Notre Dame? Do you think we would be in the same spot with him without the connection? I think it helps. I would say it very helps a lot. Yeah. Would they still be in the same position? I don't know because that's not the reality. Yeah. Do I, do I think that that relationship? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely helps. Definitely helps. Yeah. Because it's it's like you can kind of see yourself in that situation, right? One year one year transfer from the ACC, and they had probably had a previous relationship when he was at Wake and with with him at Duke, and there's some similarities there, which I think help for sure. But uh, I think Riley would have looked at Notre Dame regardless a little bit. But did the, the Sam Hartman relationship help? I 100 percent think that it did. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I I just got I got to laugh sometimes, Ryan. At, at some of the takes. So we just had someone saying, I won't pull the person up because oh, no. I just don't want to do that. But somebody yeah. just said they're responding to our Julian phase. I mean, our uh, Julian Fleming conversation. He goes, uh-huh. he goes, Fleming is a five-star. Our slot guy is a lacrosse player. Like, first of all that, come on, dude. Just, <laughs> here's the deal. Jordan phase yeah. on this year as a true freshman played six games and he had 14 catches for 270, 227 yards and also had 22 yards rushing on two attempts. Julian Fleming, the five-star, played in 10 games this year, 12 games this year also, had 26 catches for 270 yards and no touchdowns as a as senior. It's a, right? a senior, yeah. So, so it, Jordan Faison has only 53 fewer yards than him mm-hmm. 
and he played six games. His recruiting ranking four years ago does not Irrelevant. Matter. Doesn't matter. Irrelevant. I would not trade Jordan Faison for, for Julian Fleming for a million dollars because I'm trying to win football games. I mean, come on now. Come on now. Um, yeah. Brian, somebody asked in the chat too, uh, thoughts on mate on uh, the people's kid. I, like to me, oh, from I, Duke? yeah, I think he's a good player. I just don't see he's the explosive. need. He's explosive. I don't, I don't see yeah. that. Like they're going to be pretty deep inside next year. Like you're going to have, yeah. if you have Riley Leonard and, and, and Howard cross back, you're going to have Ro- Rubio back. You're going to have Onye back. You're going to have Heinish back. Yeah. Plus you've got Armo Mookum and Devin Houston kind of come along. Like he's a good football player and I like him. I'm, we talked yeah. about him when they were getting ready to play him. Cause he, he was such a different player than the starters. We liked that yeah. combination because Peebles. those two kids were like the big physical guys and he'd kind of come off and move. be disruptive. Yeah. And, and I just don't know that well, there's the need. If, if, if that, no, I don't think there is. I, the only way I would have went to a portal for a defensive tackle is if it was a, a big dude yes. inside, you know, yes. like I would have given like Thor Griffith from Harvard a look because he's 320 pounds and he's a dude, in my opinion. I would have yep. given that a look. Peebles, like I could, all due respect, I could do some things with, that Peebles will do with Tyson Ford and Brandon Don Vernon Heineken. next year, potentially yeah. even yeah. like I throw those guys that are in a slightly undersized Especially guys. Especially if you still have Howard Cross. Yeah. You know, like if you'd have lost yeah. Mills and Cross and I'd have been like, hey, I'm looking at that kid because I know he can play. Right. And and he brings some of that explosiveness that you're kind of losing with Howard Cross leaving, right? Yeah. But yeah, to your point, I mean, he's a good football player, but not every good football good. player makes sense to be a guy you go in the portal for. Right. He's he's it's it's kind of like the quarterback conversation. He's just not a good enough player for me to stunt the development of the the kids that are there. I mean, and, and dude, this is a kid that had eight and a half tackles for loss and four sacks this year. He's a good football player. Yeah. But it's just right. kind of like I, I think you already got good football players there. I, yep. I just do, and but yeah. So I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go that route. I wouldn't yeah. go that route. Last few Ryan before we get out of here, we have one from my guy Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Charlie says, "How many wide receivers do you expect in the 2025 class?" I'm glad that Brown Mike Brown can go get his own guys in this class. Yeah, well, because they don't have any commits in the receiver group now, right? So yep. you know he's gonna get he's gonna have a chance to get to have a say. You know, like so. Yeah. I won't even say names, but let's say there's a kid that Notre Dame was in a great position with, and he's like, "Yeah, just you know, just not feeling that kid." Then you, you, right. you're gonna you're gonna take that in consideration, absolutely. Right. Unless yeah. it's a guy that Jared Parker's like, "No, nope, sorry, we're." I mean, because OC should coordinator should always have some level of of um, veto power. Sure, but also if if you don't have if you don't trust a guy to to, to recruit the guys he wants, you, you've got a different problem, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So normally coaches will kind of. They'll usually kind of, hey, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll trust you. Well, let's go yeah. get the job done. Yep. You know, and or it'll be like, hey, look, state your case, convince me, convince yep. me why you're right or wrong. And if you respect the guy and he, he lays out a good pay, hey, I just got a great relationship with this kid. Okay, okay that's fine. Yep. Build one with this kid. This kid's a way better player. Build a relationship with him. But if you can sit there and convince me that this is the skill set, this is what I see. Once I get to coach this kid, I think he's going to do this, and this is the need and the fit. And you're like, okay, cool, cool. And Charlie, for the numbers, uh, I I would expect three as of now, but I would not be shocked if four ends up being the number. But we shall see if that changes. Yep. All right. Last last two, Ryan, and then we're going to get out of here. Okay. We had a super chat from Riley Q. Thank you so much. Hey, fellas, any quick thoughts on the progress and development of the offensive line this year and expectations for next season? Go Irish for for now. Roll Tide, boo! Don't let me see you University of Michigan win anything. I gotta say, Roll Tide too, man, because I just can't see. I can't root for Michigan. I just can't. I'm just not gonna um, watch the game to be honest. But I'm just gonna be honest. you know, Ryan. I'll be honest with you. Until until we saw Shrouth and yeah. Craig in the last two games, I was very yeah. disappointed with the play of the offensive line because they sure. like they never built like they were okay early in the year. Yeah. It did some nice things against Central Michigan because I thought they did really net well against that really athletic kid that Central Michigan had up the middle. Yeah, I thought they handled him pretty well. And then they came out and I thought they played really well against Ohio State. So like they're going to take off from here. And then the next week was like one of the worst offensive line performances I've ever seen from Notre Dame offensive line. It was just awful. Yeah. And then they went out the next week against Louisville and it wasn't that bad, but it was pretty bad. Yeah. You know. And then they just you know USC they were solid. I thought they were Mm -hmm. pretty good pass pro against USC because that was a good pass. But you know they were just kind of solid. Uh, Pitt, they were good, but nothing special. 
Clemson, yep. they were good in the first half, terrible in the second half. Not good at pass pro the whole game. They at least ran the ball in the first half to a degree. But if you go back and look at some of those runs from Audrick Estimate, he's making dudes miss in the backfield and then right. running for 20 yards. Uh, it just They never got better. And it right. wasn't until they put the two young kids in the lineup that you started to see them move people off the ball with any consistency. And so, you know, that's where some of my optimism comes from next year is just yep. watching those two kids play. And then, you know, potentially you have maybe Rocco and Coogan battle it for that other job. But um, I, I, I was disappointed by the development of the offensive line. What are my expectations for next season? I need to see him in the spring first because I got to see what some of these guys look like. I need to know where Charles yep. Jagasaw is going to play. Yes, you know that, that's one for me. If you're yep. telling me that he's going to have a shot to play at tackle, then I feel a little better. I think the 2023 class is going to be a big indicator of what the long-term impact of Joe Rudolph is going to be, right? Because yeah. he he got kind of got thrown into that class, obviously, with them being on campus, and like he didn't recruit that class, obviously, mm-hmm. but. A lot of talent there, man. I mean, even outside of Charles Jagasaw, you have Sullivan Absher, you have Joe Odding, you have some really talented players in that 2025 offensive line class. I mean, 2023 offensive line class, Sam Pendleton, Christopher Tarek. So I think that development, this jump first year to second year is going to be like my big indicator of like, yep, he he can coach or he's maybe not quite the guy for the job in Notre Dame, but we shall see. Agree. And then we had, and thank you for the super chat again. I I, I yep. know that Ryan thanked you before, but I wanted to thank yes. you again. And then um, here's the here's the last one. Pete Weber said, "Just an off-topic question about collegiate journalism. Do journalists covering Notre Dame typically have the same sources, or is it typically more exclusive for each reporter?" It's a little bit of both. I mean, there are certain people that talk to everybody, and then there's certain people that talk to a couple people. And then there's some people that only talk to, I mean, you know, you'll, 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 we'll hear things because we'll have a unique relationship with a, a parent, a player, a coach, a high school coach, a, somebody in the back office that maybe they don't talk to anybody else because they trust us to not go share everything. And then we'll share stuff when we're allowed to share it. Like, you know, and, and we'll protect certain people and, and do those type of things. And, and I'm sure there's people that Tim Priester talks to that I don't talk to. I'm positive of that. And I know that there's people that I talk to that he doesn't talk to. So everyone always kind of has some of their own exclusive sources. But with a lot of things, there's also people that everybody talks to. I mean, like I know there was a former coach in Notre Dame that I had a great relationship with, but I know he talked to everybody. And then he and I would have some private conversations that were different, but it wasn't stuff that I could report. Sure. You know, because they were personal and private conversations. But uh, as far as like news in the team, I kind of knew we talked to everybody. And so that's why when things break, you kind of see a little bit of a, okay, just everybody saying the same thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's definitely not. And I, I think I know where this question's coming from. Uh, there are, we definitely have sources that I'm confident, confident are, are unique to us, or at least they're more open with us maybe than there are other people. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like a, a million. I mean, there's just people that everybody talked to. And some people just aren't willing to report certain things that other people know. And that's true for everybody. I mean, there's things that other people reported that I just didn't feel comfortable reporting because I didn't think it was the sources were close. I knew who their source was. It was the same one I had, but I didn't think it was close enough to the situation that I felt that was a reliable source. I know there's things we've reported in the past that other people I think knew or had some idea of, but they decided not to report it. And that's all, that's okay. I mean, that's, that's all part of the decision process you have to make as an individual entity. You know, there's things Ryan and I have talked about, look, we're not putting that out. Other people are saying it. I understand all that, but we're, we're, we're going to make the decision to not, not to put that out. And, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my, my two cents, but yeah, it's always different. It's always yeah. different, which is why you'll see some people report things that other, and, and some people report things that just, you're not supposed to report that. We all knew that we're going to respect that. And this person shouldn't have put that out there. Right. Um, that happens from time to time as well. So yeah, that's, um, that's it. So right. and then this last comment from 99 parts became one. I appreciate you, man. Fast, slow, or anywhere in between IB boards are the best. <laughs> the IB board is the best. Excuse me. I appreciate that yep. very, very much. Very much appreciate And we appreciate everyone for stopping by today here on the Notre Dame football mailbag. Before you go, Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell at the bottom of the screen if you're listening to us on YouTube and any podcast platform you frequent. Five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Make sure y'all, boards at irishbreakdown.com, 
We are less than three weeks away from National Signing Day, so you get your latest recruiting intel and just topics over there. The team, obviously, with the not only the bowl game coming up, you know, Notre Dame kind of trying to end the season off on the right note moving forward against Oregon State, but also transfer portal is open. Players will be leaving. There will be rumors about who is coming, who's going to sit for the bowl game, who's not going to sit. Make sure you stay tapped in at boards.irishbreakdown.com. You can also get the free content over at irishbreakdown.com as well. So for Brian, I am also Ryan. We want to thank you so much for being with us today on the podcast here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. 